for tuning in to another edition of the Business Fun Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere. Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to deliver world-class customer service, a better, more personalized buying experience, and how you and your organization can create a new stream of revenue, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. This will be the final episode before I get to Sydney, Australia. So I will hope that you'll be there to see me and Booking Protect CEO Simon Mab at the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Sydney on the 14th and 15th of November. To get your tickets, visit www. .ticketingprofessionals.com.au Again, that's www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au Also, you should be getting my team's brand new newsletter. It's called Talking Tickets. It is a weekly email. comes out on Fridays with five top stories from the week with a quick analysis from me about why those stories matter, um, how you can approach them, and hopefully how you can create an opportunity for you and your organization based on what the story is telling you. You can get that by visiting my website. It's DaveWakeman.com and clicking on the link to Talking Tickets. My guest today, this is a fast episode, is Corey Gibbs, uh, Dr. Corey Gibbs. Corey, if you've been listening to the podcast at all, you know that we went to the University of Alabama together and somehow managed to fall into tickets. Um, so I wanted to have Corey on because as we are going to, we're recording this, uh, it is the week of the Alabama LSU game, number one versus number two. Um, wanted to catch up about ticket data, the nature of a hot ticket, um, stuff around the Alabama LSU game that would make it interesting. We touch on college basketball. We touch a little bit on uh, NFL, hot events like the NBA, the theater, um, data, service. You know, it's not a super long episode, but since it was the week of a number one versus number two game with Alabama in it, I figured we should talk about it. It would be interesting maybe to a few people uh, to see how the secondary market operates in real time. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Corey Gibbs on The Business Fun. I'm going to welcome back my friend Corey Gibbs to The Business of Fun. Should I call you Dr. Gibbs now, since the last time uh, you were here? I mean, if the shoe fits, wear it, right? <laughs> well, congratulations on that. Um, now, the, my question is, are you cheering for Alabama or Penn in the big Alabama Penn basketball? The big, um, <laughs> big, big game. Uh, absolutely. It. Um, I mean, I'll be, I'll be the first to tell you I am sitting uh, front row behind the Penn bench. And uh, there's going to be very few people pulling for the Quakers tonight. But uh, I, I am, uh, I, I've made the decision to go the Quaker route. Tonight. <laughs> See, well, at least you have the option. Me, I'm stuck with Alabama in basketball. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is this is the first game that I can say uh, I cannot lose. One of the kids this morning told me on the phone. I was talking to him before they went to school. Uh, he said, you, "You really can't lose tonight." And I said, "Well, that's true. Yeah. I like it. It's not, it's not bad. It's not bad." I, I felt that way I um, for the Alabama-Washington game in the college football playoffs a couple of years ago because I took a bunch of classes at Washington as when I lived in Seattle. So I was like, well, this is like the Dave Bowl. I can't lose. Absolutely. Now, 
All right, so we're doing, this is a little bit more timely than normal, right? I guess maybe when we talk, it's always timely because there's always like something interesting to talk about. And this week is the LSU Alabama game. And the last I looked, it's number one versus number two, um, which is great because last I looked, LSU was number one and Alabama was number two. And the number two team always kicks the number one team's ass. So I'm hoping that's holding true. Um, first thing is like, since we went to college about the, uh, you know, at the same time, I can't remember when this LSU game was, all of a sudden became the game because it was always Tennessee. Auburn and LSU meant absolutely nothing when I was in school. Um, but number two, what's up with the game? You know, how is it a super hot ticket? Is it not a hot ticket? What's going on with it? Um, so I agree with you. You know, looking back historically, it used to be um, Tennessee, Auburn, and, you know, LSU was a bike. I mean, because it, at one point the joke was, uh, Alabama had to pay taxes in Baton Rouge because, you know, won like 25 in a row in Death Valley or whatever that crazy number was. Um, so, you know, but it, it's, it's gotten that way because both teams obviously have gotten, you know, over the last 10, 12 years in, in more national prominence and some of the other ones have not. So the highlight, anytime you have one and two, it could be, I mean, look, in 2007, Kansas and Missouri were number one and number two and played an arrowhead for God's sake. So let's, you know, let's not forget that. Um, you know, prominence wise, it's gotten there. I think, um, I think Alabama LSU as a whole over the last, uh, since 2000 and I would say nine, um, eight, nine, you know, the, the coach Saban leaving LSU that, that, that spearheaded the Alabama LSU quote rivalry back into prominence. Um, this game, yeah, it's a big game. I mean, it's, um, it's the biggest, it's the biggest regular season home game, uh, on campus at, 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 in Tuscaloosa here that'll be at Bryant Denny since the last time these two played in the quote game of the century, as everyone likes to call it, the, the 9 6 2011. It's garbage. Yeah, you know, so, um, it's, um, it's on par with that. It is, um, you know, pricing wise, it's, it's very, very it correlates well i would say it's a it's a little less than it was that year because that was the first time it was you know first time it happened to that extent and between then and now multiple national championships multiple trips to multiple bowl games uh you know the little bit of a fatigue complacency factor setting in um i mean it, let's not kid ourselves it's still 325 to, to and plus to walk in the door and sit in the last row in the upper deck which is a, a strong strong ticket um, you know, there's more premium seating options now, uh, than there were, you know, at that point. So that, that, that takes a little bit away, but I mean, on the flip side, the, the entire industry, as you know, took a little bit of a change this year and has affected the markets, you know, with the taxation laws coming in where, uh, corporations and individuals also can't, um, couldn't write off. They lost the tax deduction ability on, on donations. So a lot of people gave those seats up, which dumped supply back onto the primary market or within the primary market, I should say. So, um, big game, uh, a lot of excitement, you know, the, the possibility and the rumor mill of, of, uh, of President Trump coming in for the game now is, thrown a little bit of a, a wrench into people's planning because, you know, there's something about when the president shows up in your town, as, as we all know, um, that, uh, different travel routes and airports and small private airports and, and, um, tailgating is not the number one thing that people, uh, 
consider at that point. So people are a little, a little bit of, of your Alabama gumps are a little annoyed because of that, I would say, because they might not get their normal tailgate spot if that's on the route. Oh yeah. Well, you know, uh, tailgate's big business in Tuscaloosa. And, it is a big business. And in I, would, I would assume that Donald Trump's going to show up in Tuscaloosa because it's probably the one of the only places he'd be guaranteed not to get booed. Uh, so, and I'm not necessarily sure it's a hundred percent. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'll do political stuff on the podcast, but I figure you, I can make a joke. Absolutely. You can always joke with me. Yeah, exactly. So, so what's interesting, though, about this to me is that it sort of just highlights a trend, right, which is that the big tickets just haven't necessarily been that much bigger this year, you know, compared to what they would have been in years past. And I think part of it is is due to, like you said, the, the changes in tax laws, which has turned around and dumped a lot of tickets back on the primary market. And if you follow my logic, what I'm about to say is that the primary market is still struggling to sell tickets. So because we've seen that um, – you know, there's just been more inventory, at least in, from my reading of the market, all across the board than in years past. Is that bared out by the data you have, or am I oh, making that first, up? No, no, you're you're spot on, and it's actually it's a bigger issue than you even than you even know. And the reason that is um, is due to the uh, integrated partnerships that schools have with marketplaces and platforms that seats are distributed on on uh through different channels that is a is a shell game to the general public. I mean, you know, let's say if a team is has a and I'm not going to use names, but if 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 team A has a partnership with platform number 1 uh and they have extra seats instead of going in and selling them to the general public at face value of $65 or $85 or $110 um, it is to their vested interest because of the lost revenue they had by not selling them with donations to basically sell those that that product through their own integrated channel uh, for a revenue stream. And I get that. I would do the same thing if I was them. However, um, that is not a publicly known situation. Um, so you know that 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 turns into a little bit of a tricky area. Um, and, and it, it doesn't allow you to know exactly how much inventory is, goes unsold is what I would say. Because, you know, you can, you can, you can connect the dots if you know a market very well. If you're a content expert in a market and you know the areas that didn't sell or have been released, you know, you can track different platforms and know exactly which ones are being sold by the schools or the organizations very easily, very easily. Right. And it just sort of highlights this idea that keeps, it lives on. I don't think it's going to die anytime soon, which is that part of the challenge that the whole industry faces is one of discovery, right? I think that's probably the biggest issue that the org, that maybe people are dealing with. Um, and if you're only selling through one integrated partnership because you got to make the money, how are you educating your market that that's where to go too? So, it, you know, so you're needlessly leaving tickets uh, or seats empty, even though you're trying to drive people through your preferred market to make sure you're get, capturing the revenue. So again, it comes back to the ultimate issue of the schools and the organizations aren't doing an effective job of marketing their products to people. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, and, and they also are trying to understand 
within that scheme of, you know, it's hard to backtrack. And once you've set a marketing plan in place and you've gone so far and you're banking on certain levels of um, success, you know, where you hit the hiccup and where it really hits you in the mouth is when that level of success drops off. Uh, you haven't seen that at Alabama, obviously, because, I mean, they're still winning. But <clears throat> you go look at look at other teams. I mean, you look at, at USC, you look at, uh, at Texas, you look at, I mean, to, to an extent, you look at, you look at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Notre Dame goes to the national championship game against Alabama 2013. They roll out their new elite premium, you know, uh, gold domer package where they at, charge people an extra $25,000 a seat. And you can do that when you go 14 and 0, and then even if you lose a national championship game. But the next year, when you go eight and five or nine and four, you know the, the old the old saying that a friend of mine told me a long time ago: "Winners sell tickets," and that's yeah. that'll never that'll never never end. Um, well, let me ask you about that because that's that's something that's curious because you know we didn't plan on talking about this, but it, and so if it goes across the thing, we can cut. We you know we don't have to talk about this. But the World Series was just in D.C. Um, strangely enough, right? And so you say that winners sell tickets, but DC is a market number one that would show that that's just, that just doesn't work, right? Because the baseball team in DC has been fantastic for years leading up to this year when they won the World Series. All of a sudden, everybody's trying to say DC is a baseball market. DC the, the, has been losing attendance every year for the last five or six years. On most nights, if you see 6,000, 7,000 people there, it's lucky. Um, you know, I, I know those numbers are inflated on the attendance sheets that they roll out on ESPN or like listed in the box score. But, you know, it, it does that really hold true that winners sell tickets? I mean, sure, at well, Alabama, but, or like some of these big colleges, you know, but across well, the board, does that really work? Well, it, it, winners sell tickets better than losers until you win too much. And that sounds like an extremely horrible cop out answer, but it's true. Once you win, <laughs> once you win, you know, when you lose six games in seven years. Yeah. People, I mean, it does. People take you for granted. People take you for granted, but they also, a big game in 2009 is no longer a big game in 2019. Right. I, I can just give you one example. Alabama, Oklahoma, I mean, uh, Alabama, Arkansas in 2009 was $140 to $150 walk in the door ticket. The day before the game this year, you could get in the stadium for less than $15 because Arkansas, Ole Miss games like that are no longer quote big games because the average score over the last 10 years of those games for the Arkansas game has been like 47 to six or something stupid. And who wants to come watch a blowout and sit in most of those games were in early September where it's about three levels below it's the you know, seventh ring of hell. It's, it's, it is absolutely miserable. A September the 14th game in Tuscaloosa, Alabama is like sitting it's torture. in a steam, is a st- sitting in a steam room at the New York Athletic Club. <laughs> it's I mean, it's, torture. it's, it's horrible. It's, 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 it's just not cool. Uh, <laughs> That's and, exactly and, right. And people, and people aren't going to spend the money to do that. And when they, when they get into that position, you know, let's not also forget, you know, prices are going up. There's a lot of these small college towns. I call it the SEC and the, 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 the blue blood factor. Athens, Georgia, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Auburn, Baton Rouge. Then you go into Norman, Oklahoma. You go into Camp Randall in Wisconsin. There's no hotel rooms. You can't house people. So getting there 
The housing is, is astronomical for, you know, it's the only place in the world in Tuscaloosa that the Super 8 on Skyland Boulevard is $29.95 in June and it's $399.95 and sold out a year in advance. And, you know, if you don't have plastic sheets when you get there, they give you some to cover the bed. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's that, it's that different uh, of a, of a scenario and the cost, the costing has really, really uh, driven a lot of people out and let's face it 80 inch really nice 4k tvs are not expensive anymore right, and sitting right. on your couch with a private bathroom and your own refrigerator and a case of beer that costs you less than 78 cents each versus you can't buy them in most of those college stadiums mm-hmm. it, it it makes it very appealing for the consumer to say i'll pass yeah no that's exactly right i mean you you just made my basically my whole speech uh that's coming up in sydney for me it's, uh, you, you got, if, if you're not embracing change and always rethinking value, then you're basically just giving up. And, and that's like, yeah. and that's a key, a key problem yeah. for people. You're not, you're not basically giving up. You might as well go find something else to do. Well, I, the, from the marketing plans of most organizations, I think that's probably what some of them have already done. Um, uh, agree. S- strangely enough. Now, Something like this, right? So this this LSU Alabama game, number one, number two, right? Is I'm going to play into it's going to have an impact on one of our other favorite things, which is the college football playoffs. Yes. Um, what is what is this going to like? I guess first, where is the market for those tickets now? Um, you know, to give people a comparison to what we're going to what we're going to talk about how this game is going to impact it. Because I think a lot of people aren't necessarily thinking about this, the college football playoff just yet. Um, a lot are not. Um, you do get the, uh, you know, the people that are thinking about the playoff just yet are the people that are entering the conversation that are newbies that haven't done it, you know, eight out of the last nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at the, if you take a look at the, I would say the, the true, um, possibilities, the people that have a legit shot of getting in that I would, I'll even use the term control their own destiny. So you've got to look at it right now. You know, the, the, the SEC, the Alabama LSU game, the winner of that game controls their own destiny. All right. So as of today, both teams control their own destiny. You went out and you're the SEC champion. You're getting in that it doesn't matter whatever anything else happens. The people don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. If Ohio, it, this year, if Ohio State wins out and beats Penn State and Wisconsin again or Minnesota or whoever else, they're getting in. If Clemson wins out and they're undefeated, they're getting in. The number four slot is where you're going to find some variance and some, and some little tricky. Um, and, and there's people that need, you know, Oklahoma doesn't control their own destiny. Uh, Georgia doesn't control their own destiny. Florida, you know, none of those teams still control their own destiny because they, they gave up that right when they got beat. Um, you know, as crazy as it is, you have to ask yourself, let's just say, then you've got to look at the, the, first of all, you have to look at the schedule strength outside. So if you look at the team that could have one loss and would at that point be the most likely to get in as a one loss team, it's hard to argue that LSU with a one loss to Alabama on the road in a good close game wouldn't be considered the number one, the, the, the top ranked team in the country with one loss. You lost to number one on their own field in a good game, yada, yada, yada. Um, 
you have wins over Florida, a top 10, 15 team. You have a win over Georgia, a top 10, not, uh, not Georgia, a, um, Auburn, which was a top 10 team. You have went over Texas, which was a top 10 team at that point. You'll have beaten A&M on the road. There, there are a number of factors that would allow people to say LSU was be the play there. Um, does the committee and or the country want to see two SEC teams in the, in the playoff? Probably not. Um, they didn't want to see it in the past and, and never do. Uh, if that happened, it would be interesting to see, uh, the, the slotting and the seating if LSU slid in as a number, as a, a one loss team, would it be an immediate rematch between Alabama and LSU? And I'm, and I'm, for all my people in that Georgia that are my friends are going to listen to this. I'm not saying that either team's going to hammer Georgia in the SEC championship game, but I'm saying they're going to hammer Georgia in the SEC championship game. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think that is the case. SEC East it, is always weak. <laughs> yes. The SEC least. Um, <laughs> I, I would say this though, I think it would be a difficult road for a one-loss Alabama team that did not win their division this year to to slide in if LSU wins and wins out because of the lack of of uh, marquee wins. You know, Duke and Southern Miss and New Mexico State and Western Carolinas those don't go a long way on the RPIs of the world. Um, so I mean. And you can only play who's on your schedule. You know, we've all heard that A to Z, uh, which I think is why you're starting to see the, the more beefy scheduling. Um, to, to all of that to, to go back to your original question of, you know, where it would do with the market. I mean, it, it's all relative. If you have, you know, the national championship game in New Orleans, you and I've said before, and I've told you, I think every, every collegiate national championship in every sport should be played in New Orleans. It's the perfect city. You dump everyone out in one city. It's all walkable. There's no cars needed. You can walk everywhere. You can walk to every venue. There's a bazillion hotels. It's great food. There's a casino. It's decent weather and just call it a day. Most teams can drive to there and will. That obviously those qualitative factors will drive the market better than San Francisco and or other parts in the country that it has been Phoenix. Um, because if it is an SEC team, Clemson, even Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, they're going, they're going mm-hmm. to travel because they, they lose ancillary costs like you and I talked about before. And last year, you know, the, the travel costs aren't as much. You can stay 75, 80 miles away in South Mississippi at a casino at the Beau Rivage. You can do certain ways to alleviate and, and lower your, your total cost. However, the country and no one in their right mind, especially the ticket man of the world, does not want to see Alabama Clemson again in New Orleans because, I mean, five, six out of seven years, whatever the crazy number is, four times national championship, one in New Orleans or one in uh, the semifinal. It's just it's it, it's gotten old. It's gotten old. Um, there's fatigue there. Um, what I think that you would see as far as a strong market if you could somehow manage to get Clemson beat um, and slide LSU. I mean, look, if you ask me, what's your crystal ball lottery wish? Mm-hmm. I want Alabama to win out, win in a very close game against LSU. Alabama beat Georgia's brains in in the SEC. Ohio State went out. Oklahoma went out. And LSU went out. And Clemson get beat in the ACC championship game by someone. Um, and you get Bama 1, Ohio State 2, Oklahoma 3, I'm sorry, uh, LSU three and Oklahoma four, Bama, Oklahoma in the 
Peach Bowl, LSU, Ohio State, and the in Phoenix and get an Alabama LSU rematch in New Orleans like it was in 2011. Oh, you you beat me to it. I was going to say the last time it was the game of the century they they had the rematch. So, did. Um, and the rematch was was very ugly and LSU didn't cross the 50 yard line. Oh, it was, it was a beautiful game. I love it. Fantastic. It was fantastic. Uh, it was amazing. Um, but I agree with you. I'm I'm just a little sick of the Clemson Alabama games. Uh, even though I you know I love our our buddy. Um, what the hell? Uh, their coach uh, over at Clemson. Dabo. Dabo. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, that, this is, you can tell I haven't been sleeping much lately because I've been working all the time. Uh, but that, yeah, but it is a little bit of a stale matchup. I mean, I you know, I, I would um, probably agree with your analysis that if we can get an Alabama, um, you know, Ohio State or Alabama LSU game, it's going to be a lot bigger ticket. Um, you know, that said, um, your advice for somebody who's listening to this and started to pay attention to the market is when are they going to start seeing things like really start to shift and slot in? Um, is there a lot of early ticket people just buying because they want to have a no, chance to go? There's not. There's they're not right now. There's not a lot of movement on the CFP front. Um, there's piece, there's a piece here and a piece there moving for you know corporate uh, corporate people that are are going to go no matter what. Sure, maybe they go ahead and purchase your fan. Your fan base will start buying once this weekend and next weekend, um, especially after, you know, after you get the – so you're going to have two undefeateds, in essence, uh, removed from the conversation in their in their mind. Not always, but, I mean, the winner, the, the loser of the Penn State-Minnesota game, I'm not suggesting Minnesota would get in anyway, but the loser of that game is done. Uh, you know, and then when you get the Penn State – uh, Ohio State, you know, that, you know, there, there's some games coming up that are going to, um, remove people from the conversation. Once you get into where there's maybe six viable, uh, participants, you'll start seeing people buy on uh, emotional fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see that start to occur. You'll see, um, you'll see Ohio State, you'll see on, on November the, the 30th, the Ohio State Michigan game. You'll see some if Ohio State wins that and they're undefeated and they get to play a rematch with Wisconsin, who they just beat by, you know, what, 40 last week, whatever the number was. You'll see you'll see Ohio State people start start booking some flights, start start buying some championship tickets because that's what they're supposed to do. They're fans and fans are emotionally invested and they think they're going to win every game. The, the thing that it will do is at that point, you look. You know how it is. There's multiple layers. There's, there's a lot of layers of wins. There's within, think about this within a 38 day time period. November the 30th, Ohio State plays Michigan. Pretty expensive ticket. Mm-hmm. The next week, Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis. Pretty, probably going to be a pretty decent ticket. Less than 20 uh, or 21 days later, CFP semifinal game in either Atlanta or, or Phoenix going to be a fairly decent ticket plus significant cost of travel on a holiday weekend for new battling new year's eve and christmas travel pretty expensive flight 13 days later new orleans flights aren't cheap to go to msy if you're from ohio state so they're going to factor a lot of that in and they're going to pick and choose which will in essence waters down the different layers uh that you're that you're looking at yeah no it's um it's going to be interesting. Now, let me let me do a little quick fast thing because I know you got to go and I have to run too, so we keep this one short. What about uh, anything around college basketball? Do we have anything interesting that's happening there so far? 
Um, you know, I think it's interesting to see, um, you know, the, the neutral, the neutral games. Um, I had this conversation with a gentleman last night and we were laughing about it because, you know, it, the tournament mentality in that sport, uh, results in a completely different concept and mindset for scheduling. I mean, tonight you have one versus one, two, three, and four playing each other. That would never happen on opening night of a college football game because those people are thinking in their mind, if you lose, you no longer control your own destiny. Um, these teams right here, they're rolling the ball out and saying, let's see where we're at. You know, you've got Kansas and Michigan State and, and Duke and, and, um, Kentucky. The four of those people are saying, let's line it up against each other. That is a, that is a product of just making the tournament. I think you would see more of that in college football if there was a eight or a 16 team tournament. Um, basketball, I think that, I think you're going to see once again this year, I think you're going to see a lot of, Really good teams. I think Kansas is going to be outstanding. Um, you know, Michigan State obviously is ranked number one and they're returning a ton and, and it's hard to vote against Izzo, but Kansas is really, really good. I mean, it'll be a shame when they go undefeated and win the national championship and it gets stripped in a few years from all their probationary <laughs> stuff. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, you and I are way too familiar with probation and stuff, how that works. Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, basketball, it's, it's a little early for me. I mean, I, I'm excited about tonight's game. Um, calling, calling, the, calling the Quakers in an, in an upset straight up tonight, too, uh, just for, for, uh, for nothing but, um, interesting excitement and entertainment purposes only. I did notice that they were seven and a half point underdog, uh, and they are returning all five players, of which four were starters for the, uh, for the team that won the Ivy League two years ago and came within three points of being the first number 16 to beat a one. So just throwing that out there. I think you're going to see, uh, coach Donahue and Bentley and Brodeur. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to spoil some, uh, they're going to spoil a, a, a first night here at, uh, Coleman. You, you introduced something that's never been talked about out here before gambling. <laughs> never. I, I, I said for entertainment purposes only. Oh, of course. Well, I don't care. I'm like, I'm not against gambling. I care less about it. Um, one more, one more question then. Um, you know, because I, since we get, we get to talk, we talk about all the ticket stuff. What are we looking at as far as other events? Like, um, you know, let's get out of sports and let's look at the theater. Um, what's hot going on in New York City since I'll be in New York on Thursday? You know, there's, there's some, there's some stuff going on there. I mean, this year was the, you know, it's kind of hard to follow. It's hard to follow the Hamilton craze. So anything is a little, um, is a little, I would say off from the past. Uh, you know, um, Kill a Mockingbird was, was pretty good. Um, at the end of the day, everything's always going to, and this time, right this time of the year, you know, between November, and December, you get a you get a ton of stuff. You can sell that, anything uh, in the world this time. Exactly. Of year. I mean, you have you have too many you have so many people up there. I mean, you've got the you know, dear Evan Hansen still still great. You've got you know, at the end of the day, you've got Kill a Mocking. You know, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is is still going strong. Um, you know, Great Society, uh, Sound Inside. You know, there's some there's some strong shows. There's not a there's not a Hamilton out there yet right now. Right. Um, I'm not sure it will be for a while. That was a pretty significant, uh, Broadway deal. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see, um, I think you'll see a little bit of a bounce back this year with the NBA. I think NBA is going to be a little more exciting because of the shakeup. 
Um, you know, you've got, you've got some, some strong teams. You see the, the Warriors basically have everyone they own on the injured reserve. So, uh, I think that you'll see, uh, a little more clumping at the top, which could make it a little more interesting. Um, Super Bowl could be, could be really good. I mean, you get the, you know how that works. You get the, the right and or wrong teams, depending on which side of the coin you are, uh, in Miami, which is a fun, entertaining city. Yeah. Uh, it's a very entertainment Small mecca. Stadium. They Small took out stadium. about 20% of the seats since the last time the Super Bowl was there. Yep. They took about 20%. Uh, the other, other thing about that is, is they increased the premium seating by over 20%. So that West, what I call the West side, the, the home side, dolphin side of the stadium, uh, you know, they pulled all those ble- those uh, actual seats out and 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 uh, blanketed it with the living room suites and the sofa suites, and so the premium seating options um, are going to be probably more than ever any Super Bowl, which will water that premium market down a little bit because of the amount, but it'll it'll probably drive the get in in the other areas because of because of the lack of seats, and there's hardly any get ins in that stadium just because it's just such. Yeah. I mean. And and it's Miami, so I mean corporations will will like to send people to warm climates for Super Bowls. And you know you get the you get the, someone like them. And I, I'm cursing, and it'll never happen by saying this, but you get the Cowboys Chiefs in there, and it it'll be absolutely stupid. Yeah. You know you get the Chargers and the and the you get the Chargers and the, uh, the Jaguars. Well, I guess oh. the, Jag, the Jaguars would be fine. Oh, well, you could get the Chargers and Jaguars. Char- no, you no. get the Chargers and uh, you get two and the Rams or two LA, t- whatever it is. You get someone traveling, they'd still come, but it wouldn't be near the significance of, of something like a, a what I call a blue blood. You know, Steelers, Packers, Cowboys, Chiefs, uh, Bears. I mean, Bears aren't getting in. That's right. right. I was going to say neither one of the New York teams is getting in, so they're, we're no safe shot. there. No, the Redskins, <laughs> they're going nowhere fast. Uh, Ravens, I tell you what, uh, Baltimore would, Baltimore would travel. Those, that's, that's a nice little demographic area. They haven't been in a while. They would, they would, that fan base is a little hungry and they're a little bit of a blue collar, let's go type fan base. I could see that happening and they're, they're playing well. And you know, the 49ers, I mean, 49ers would travel because they have, they have an old school, uh, old school fan base as well. Yeah. All right, so let me let me see if I can, if I have everything straight here. Alabama LSU, not a hot ticket, but a decent ticket. It's uh, a it's a strong ticket. Yeah, assuming it's decent, it's not like it's not nuts, is what is, is you know considering the profile of the game. Um, the uh, sure. winning doesn't winning helps, but it doesn't solve anything. Uh, marketing is still still a big challenge for people. Uh, Hamilton is still the hottest thing on Broadway, but, uh, we're, and we're, we're not holding our breath for anything new because at least in my experience, those shows come about every five years uh, because people get kind of tired of one and it rests for a couple of years and then it doesn't even matter if the show's good or not. It becomes a hot ticket. Um, for, well, right. Well, and, and, and there's something about paying 2,500 to 3,000 to go do that that makes you say, I'm going to wait for a while to do that again. Well, it's also, it goes back to this, um, uh, you know the psycho the psychology of of uh, buying, which is that like I don't care that the show sucks. I have to go see the show because it's hot and people are talking about it, and that happens every few years. You know the market just sort of almost demands it. There's something people have to say is hot. Doesn't matter. Um, and then basketball is going to be interesting. Did I nail everything from I a man so. from a man with the pricing and data information that. Um, Everybody else craves me. I get it all the time. 
it's it's fun. It's uh it's gonna be a fun deal. And 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 the only thing you missed is Penn win straight up tonight in, in Coleman Coliseum. Well, you know, uh, old habits die hard. Um I never root against Alabama, uh no matter what it is. Um but I'm not necessarily uh bullish on the new basketball regime yet. Uh I'm still waiting to be con- uh, converted into this thing. Uh, you're still you're still in the Wimp Sanderson Plaid Palace days. Come on, I know it. You know this is true. Um, Absolutely. To me, the greatest coach in basketball history is still Wimp Sanderson. <laughs> you're not going to find a lot of people that would argue with that. That's exactly right. Corey Gibbs, where do I where do I point people to, uh, to look t- for you? Ticket, ticket Solutions. Um, Corey at TicketSolutions dot com is direct. Um, and uh, as always, can can follow on Twitter. At I'm your ticket guy. And uh, yeah, just. Anything needed, sports, concerts, theater, uh, recommendations on red wine, restaurants, and golf courses. Ooh, yes, yeah. Give me a red wine that I should try while I'm in Australia. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's do that. Ooh. Let's. Let's. Well, first of all, you should ship something with you from somewhere in Napa or or French Bordeaux because I'm not an Australian <laughs> wine fan. Uh, most recently, uh, been on a kick of a. Uh, um, a big Carter, uh, Carter sellers kick out of Napa. Uh, their Tokalon division is outstanding. Um, also, uh, uh, Kirk Vingi out of, uh, Vingi Vineyards, uh, been on a pretty big kick of their new cab, uh, in the last uh, through from 14 to, uh, 18. Their Oakville and their Silencio is, is really good and very, uh, both 90, 94 to 96 point wines on the backside there that are, that you can buy wholesale for between fifty-five and eighty-five a bottle. Um, See, good, good value, great wine. Drink it now. I give you tickets. I give you data, and I give you red wine. What more do you want from a podcast? Thanks, man. Absolutely, buddy. Talk to you soon. Hey, thank you for listening to the Business Fun. Hopefully, you enjoyed that conversation with Corey Gibbs. To find out what I'm up to, visit my website. It's www.davewakeman.com. Follow me on the socials at. David Wakeman on Twitter. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. If you are a fan of what I'm doing on the podcast, I'd love it if you'd share it with someone. Also, if you are already sharing it with people, maybe become a subscriber. We're on all the major platforms now. Also, And maybe most importantly, leave a review. These things add up. They help people find the podcast and it helps encourage me and people to keep giving you great conversations like this one. Um, as always, I want to thank my friends at Booking Protect. Make sure you come see me and Simon at the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Sydney on the 14th and 15th if you can get there. It's going to be great. I'm giving the opening keynote on change, and I have been working on this thing diligently for months now, and I think it's going to be pretty good, if I do say so myself. Uh, so we hope to see you there. Check out Booking Protect at www.bookingprotect.com. Um, the Ticketing Professionals Conference is www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au um, and make sure you get the Talking Tickets newsletter. You get that by visiting my website. It's davewakeman.com. There's a link that says sign up for Talking Tickets. And if you want to give me any feedback, suggest a, a guest, uh, just say hello. Send me an email, davewakeman.com. Uh, until next time, uh, thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.